Hey guys, it is good to be with you. Cloud here on the New Vision Podcast. Now, we said this Friday, today's Monday if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, but we're pausing. And I want to say we're just pausing. We're not abandoning our study through First and Second Samuel. In fact, we're complementing it with what we said is a leadership series. And so I'm here with Pastor Greg Freeman. Hey, Cloud. And Nikki Tig. Hello. We will introduce you more thoroughly here in a little bit, but just as a quick why you should keep listening, right? We're talking about leadership. And Greg, you, you mentioned this before. You have this fancy word you call the church should be the locus of leadership development. Absolutely. For everybody else, that's like the center, right? The church should be the center, <laughs> right. of the, the, the launching ground for leadership in the community. And we're going to talk about this more in the coming weeks. It's just five episodes. This is a limited series. And we're going to be bringing in some high-level leaders in the community and folks in our church family. Uh, Nikki's with us today. We have a lot more guests, some some people that, just be honest with you, recorded some of those episodes, and I was like kind of intimidated by some of these folks. And I know maybe if you're listening, you might start listening to these, and you're like, well, I'm not the boss of my company, and I'm not the manager. I'm, I'm the low guy on the totem pole. Well, here's why you should still listen. Leadership applies to you. And Greg, this made me think of a story. I was telling you this. So a little bit about me, uh, and this goes all the way back to high school. I was in marching band. Does that surprise you? It does not. It does not. Okay. All right. <laughs> once a nerd, always a nerd, right? No, 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 not at yeah, all. See, but no. what you were telling me is you were in marching band yeah, too, Yeah, right? I was too. Yeah, so no. Okay. See, that surprised me. Okay. I'm not sure what to make of that, but okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this goes all the way back to, to high school. I remember I was kind of a troublemaker, not not too crazy. but That uh, surprises me. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Kind of not crazy, crazy, but just a thorn in, you know, the band director's side. And he came up to me in my senior year of high school and he's like, hey, Cloud, you're a leader. And I was like, what? And he's like, the question is, are you going to be a good leader or a bad leader? And he was asking me to be the section leader of trumpets. I play trumpets. And so basically, you know, long story short, he was kind of manipulating me to try to control me to, you know, make things go the way he wanted. But the point is, even as this little guy in high school you know, that, that concept of you are a leader, some way you influence people and you're going to influence them for the better or for ill. And that, that doesn't matter if you're the low guy on the totem pole, you're in college, you're in high school, you're the high level guy at your, your company, whatever it is that leadership and talking about that from a biblical worldview applies to you. So that's the big why, why we're going to be doing this for the next five episodes and hopefully you stick with it. Thanks, Cloud. And, and I agree. We've talked about this. Leadership is influence. It's really not a role. It's not a position. It's not a title. Leadership is when you can influence another human being, whether it's a child or a spouse or a family member or somebody in your small group, or maybe it's an employee that you have. But when you can influence somebody uh, in the community, that's leadership. And so as we've been going through this sermon series of Unlikely, we have this chance to do a great leadership comparison between Saul and David. And so the scripture is really clear about what they're leadership implications and actions have been. And so um, we can, we're going to go through this, do a compare and contrast and, and talk about each of these five leadership characteristics. And, uh, you know, as leaders, it's just good stewardship for us to grow in that. God's called us to be leaders. We'll talk about that a little more. What are some, just as a preview, what are some of the, the, the topics of each day that people have to look forward to this week? Sure. We're going to talk about uh, today, biblical leaders remain close to God. And then we're going to talk about uh, the reality that leaders are also followers. You're always following somebody or something. Uh, leaders care about people. You know, how do you treat the people that you lead? 
How do you treat the people you influence? Leaders are courageous. Do you have the strength of your convictions? Uh, and leaders forgive and they ask for forgiveness. How do you handle mistakes by yourself and, and others? And so all of these are leadership characteristics that can make a determination of you know, how you're impacting your organization or, or just the people around you. It doesn't have to even be an organization. Absolutely. And, you know, we're recording this at New Vision. We work at a church and some people may say like, yeah, well, that's great for you how does this apply to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's great because we're going to have people. Now, Nikki's been at the church before. She'll tell her story, but now she's out uh, in another ministry uh, job. We've had high-level corporate leaders. We've got a business owner coming in. We've got a, a high-level government employee uh, that we're going to hear from, and Maria Johnson. So um, as they've taken their faith uh, and applied it to their leadership outside of a church mm-hmm. context, uh, they've just got great insight on how to navigate that because that can be the tricky part yep. sometimes. Absolutely. So as we get as we get going, the first characteristic we're going to look at is um, biblical leaders remain close to God. And so this is so evident in, in these particular scriptures. And um, through his actions, we see that Saul uh, was separated from God. And so we'll get into 1 Samuel. Because of Saul's disobedience as king, God rejects Saul. Right. That's we see that play out. His continued disobedience. His continued ongoing constantly buck up. Unrepentance. Yep. Disobedience. And uh, in first Samuel sixteen, fourteen, the Bible says, Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and an evil spirit sent from the Lord began to torment him. So clearly he's getting further from God, and this is before David really even shows up as a as a threat to Saul, but that's going to happen. And then later, uh, towards the end of his life, uh Saul's getting so far from God and so desperate uh, that he turns to sorcery, right? <laughs> right. And in chapter 28, verse 7, Saul then said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and consult her, clearly disobedient from what God would have. And, but by contrast, through his actions, David was at peace with God. And we'll talk about it throughout. David wasn't perfect. Everybody understands where David uh, failed and where he was flawed, uh, but he was also a man after God's own heart, and yeah. he was repentant when he got called out on those things. And so we don't want to set David up as the perfect example of the mm. perfect leader. The perfect leader was Jesus. Amen. And David was not that. But the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. And so that means a lot. He remained close to God throughout uh, his life, and he enjoyed God's presence. And so in Second Samuel seven eleven, the Bible says, When the king, and that's David, had settled into his palace, and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all of his enemies. He had that rest from all of his enemies because he was close to the Lord. And then David, who wrote a lot of Psalms, right? A lot of the Psalms, uh, he wrote, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. Mm. So that closeness just infected his, uh, his leadership because it gave him a sense of peace uh, as well. And so you read like most of the Psalms and like, man, how could David write this stuff because he was close to so God. much going on yeah. and his family was a mess. And if you He's know, hiding the story in a cave and David, people trying yeah, to kill him. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough go. Nobody said his life was easy, but he mm. remained close to God. Yeah. And so as a leader, that's what we can learn. And as Christians, right, we understand this and we know we need to remain close to God and attending worship or small group or daily devotional. That's a big thing. And we get that in the context of our church life, but sometimes we can compartmentalize and sometimes we can leave that, uh, religious persona uh, unintentionally behind mm-hmm. when we go into the office where on and off it's a dog eat dog world yeah, and, or it's a government agency and you're not sure what you're allowed to say or what you're not allowed to say or even how to navigate some of that so that's why again we have some spiritually who, hostile yeah absolutely yeah. some people who who do it who do it well and one of the people i know who i've had the privilege of meeting and even serving with 
who I think is fantastic at maintaining this diligent attitude about remaining close to God is Nikki Tig. Well, thank you. <laughs> Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Probably a lot of the people listening know you okay. from your time here, but maybe not everybody. Yeah. Well, I have been here at New Vision for about 10 years, which was, it's crazy. Time really yeah, does fly. And most of that time has been spent in student ministry. So we have loved our time here at New Vision, and I've just loved my time in student ministry. I served and was on staff. And when I say we, um, I'm married and I have a son who is now in college. Mm. And it's weird. Mm. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. So he's almost 20. So to have an almost 20 year old is crazy. So, um, and I've loved my time here and it's, it, not end it just ended on staff um in february i started a new job with an organization that i was serving with so now i'm working still it's still ministry it's still working with mm-hmm. it's with moms so whereas before i was working with teens but i'm working more with moms in crisis so um that has been quite an adventure and definitely um leadership skills i can see that need to be developed honestly yeah and, you know so it's been really good well, we're, we're excited you're here. Sometimes, Nikki, as we kind of get into it, people believe that being a good leader means that they're independent, right? Mm-hmm. Strong-willed and independent. But really, everybody is fully dependent on God, whether they know it or not. Yeah, for their next breath. Like, yeah, yeah, they're fully dependent yeah. on God. We all are. But how have you seen people try to lead out of their own strength? And, and what have been the implications of that? Well, I will say to start is that I have um, – I'm not, of course, an expert on leadership – and when it comes to poor leadership, I've seen it, and there are times where I've been the poor leader. Yeah. So these are, I mean, just sharing even lessons from a slow learner. That's what I just call myself. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I think I'm a slow learner. So some of the things I've, I have been guilty of and then uh, also working and serving and seeing it in other places. But... The, honestly, leading out of your own strength, that's just the worst place to lead. That's mm. the worst way to lead is from what I've seen. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. Mm. It's not productive and it's not sustainable. And it is just the easiest way to burn out. Mm. Okay. So um, the impl- and those are the implications like burnout, exhaustion, and just poor self-care. Mm. That is also something. And when you have poor self-care, you really aren't prioritizing other people's care, mm. the people that you're leading. So the implica- implications, they affect everyone. It's not just you. So um, I've just seen that. It's just a downward spiral So the, for everyone involved. And it makes total sense because we're not supposed to lead that way. It's a downward spiral when we're mm-hmm. dependent on ourselves and not um, dependent on God. So um, that is a clear reason why we shouldn't do it. And a lot of times the culture tells us, you know, just hustle and grind. And that's just I'll sleep when I'm dead and all the yeah. things. But yeah. it's like that's being dependent on yourself and not on God. Yeah. And kind of prideful, too. Like you've got it all. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. We talk sometimes as a church staff about you minister to people out of the overflow of what God's doing in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're not close to the Lord, if you're not being filled up by him daily, then you're not going to minister to well, minister well to people. But that same thing can take place in a workplace, right? Where you're not able to lead people work well, care for people well. Right. Um, And yet it's kind of a, it's a, Slow fade sometimes, isn't it? So in the scripture, I mean, Saul was anointed by God, mm-hmm. right? 
and and we see pretty early on where he begins to to drift away and and he's not he's doing wrong sacrifices and he's disobedient in different places but Saul was king for 40 years some say 42 yeah so he he held he, on right? it was yeah. A, yeah it was it was a process and so it's probably more of a drift than a split with mm-hmm. God how are you seeing people drift from the Lord mm-hmm. and and what do you think causes that I, in that with the drift it's and like you said it's just not a sudden thing it is as we used to, we used to laugh in student ministry. Something happened one time. We'd say it's a slow fade. It's mm-hmm. it is. It's just a slow fade. So, um, I think that just seeing leaders drift, it's been that exact thing: slow fade. And remembering, honestly, I have to remind myself: none of us are exempt. So when I see it, it's usually those little compromises. Mm. It's the little compromises, and it happens bit by bit. So it's not like you woke up one day and someone's a brand new person and doing things differently. It is a slow fade. So that is really how I've just seen it happen. Just um, and even in some to some degree in my own life, it's just that that drift and having those compromises. That's more of basically valuing our own will over God's. So it's not always oh I just woke up and went and stole all of these things. Mm-hmm. It's just these little things. And more than anything, it kind of comes, it comes back from what I see is putting our own will above his. And that is, is how it happens. And it's also, I think, increasing the shortcuts and decreasing the dependency on God. So mm-hmm. increasing the shortcuts, even I think about with Saul, like you said, he went to, you know, went to witchcraft basically yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's like a shortcut trying to figure out what happens and yeah. do we think if he you know getting that answer that he was going to say okay i need that and then i'll go back to god and ask what to do no mm-hmm. it's you know increasing the shortcuts and decreasing the dependency on god so i think that is how that happens so. i think as a, a plus just as trying to put my shoes in the listener like witchcraft that doesn't apply i don't do witchcraft mm-hmm. well in essence, you look at Saul's unlawful sacrifice. He's mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just do some churchy stuff. Uh, do the sacrifice. It looks fine. Like it'll bless us. You're manipulating God mm-hmm. to, to. to suit your yeah, trying to like yeah. he can be to suit your purposes. Now, in what ways do we do that? There's plenty of what like I'll just go to church on Sunday. I'll I'll even show up for a small group and bless my deal. Meanwhile, in our heart, we're we're using those religious activities to kind of using air quotes, manipulate God. And so that's similar to what Saul's doing. You're not actually close to God. You're drifting. Yeah. And that is something. And even you ask, how have I seen that and how did it end? And in most cases, it doesn't end well. And I say Mm -hmm. most, that's not all, obviously. But that's, I think, the issue with drifting is when you're drifting, you don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that it's happening. So um, and a lot of times, I feel like pride and ego plays a huge Mm -hmm. role in that. So when someone has drifted so far away, it's easily, you know, if there's pride and ego, you don't want to come back, admit you were wrong. Mm-hmm. So I noticed we don't, we don't accidentally drift towards God. Yeah. We don't accidentally, <laughs> yeah. we don't drift towards obedience. Oops, you know? how'd that happen? <laughs> I yeah. know, right? Like, oh my gosh, I have to start praying more. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah. We don't drift towards that. It is intentional. So that is, um, that's just, I, I think something when you say how did that end how have i seen that end and play out i think and the beautiful thing is a lot of stories aren't over and yeah. even if people mm. have drifted um as we all have in different ways god is still open arms and gracious mm. and ready to receive us yeah come back. You, i think the the challenging thing about the little compromises you talked i like i like how you said that uh the little compromises 
never seem that bad. Hmm. And they can be kind of framed up for the best thing. We're going to skip mm-hmm. uh, church today, just not about legalism, but we're going to skip church and have time as a family. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with having time as a family, but it becomes a little compromise. And next thing you know, the family hasn't been. You'd been doing that for like six weeks or, something, right? or, yeah. or a year. Yeah. Or, and, and it may be something else. I'm just going to uh, shave my time a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. just just real quick because I need to go do something that's good, but it becomes a compromise that you know right. is not obedient to what the Lord would have you to do. Yeah. So it's kind of nefarious, really. It can sneak in on you. Hundred percent. So, so and, and you talked about you don't accidentally yeah. get closer to God. So to avoid the drift, to avoid the um, the little drifting away. You got to be intentional about mm-hmm. staying close to God. How are some ways you do that? For me, it's it's necessary. I just yeah. honestly know. I for me and myself, I have nothing good to give. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I do. I have to be uh, close to Him. Not that just because. And that's what is beautiful is that I've grown to the point where it's like, Lord, I don't want. I, I want you. It's not that I need you. Mm-hmm. I want you. It's I. You know, of course we need Him, but it's not like I. It's a thing where I want to get something from him is like, I just want to spend time with you. Yeah. So that has, um, you know, not always been the case, but remaining close to God for me is just being intentional. And I have a, a prayer closet in my house and that is my, that's my place. Mm-hmm. That's my place. And I just can, I like feel God in there. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just different. So, and, and as beautiful as that time is, how easily do I forget or how easy is it for me to get busy and think, Oh, well not today. I've got to run out and I've got to run errands and do these things and doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. So for and I have this, uh, something posted in my office where my closet is. Um, and it has a a sign that I made that says with over four. And it's for me, I need to spend time with Jesus, but Hmm. before I do something for Mm, Jesus, that's good. because it's so easy to think, oh, well, I work at church and I have to do these things and I work and I'm doing ministry and it's easy to skip time with Jesus because you're doing things for Jesus. He does not need us to do things for him. That was going to be one of my questions. Like you had the benefit of you've been on church staff, off church staff. And I think there's a lot of folks, maybe you're listening that had that perception I've run into like, oh, it's. I want to be on a, you know, I'd love to work at a church and I could be closer to God. Like in your opinion, based on that dynamic, obviously Mm -hmm. there's challenges. What would you say is maybe the challenge of being on staff, being close to God? And then that was easier when you weren't on staff and vice versa. Does that make sense? That is, it does. And that is something that I had to be very intentional. It's easy to slip into that feeling close to God because you work at church. Like Before, I told my, I would right. tell my students, I'm like, God does not live here. You know, he does <laughs> yeah. not live in this place. But for, and for us, if you're, you're pulling into this church every day, every mm. day you're coming into this parking lot and it can, it's work. And it could, was, it can be hard to flip the switch from work to church. So um, just really remembering that me working here or anyone working on staff, it doesn't make it. None of, no one on staff is just holier than anyone else. You know right. what I mean? Like people can think that's, oh, you've arrived. You work at church. Like, no, <laughs> mm. it's still hard. You're not exempt from life happening just yeah. because you work at church. You're not in a bubble. So we still have to remember our dependence. So I still, you know, still had to um, remember that dependence. And honestly, when we forget 
things come in our life where we are quickly reminded how much we need him mm. and um, just really being intentional about that, spending time with him. And I heard a quote and I'm going to probably butcher it, but I just remember years ago hearing one, it's said no amount of service in the, no amount of service in the King's palace makes up for time spent with the King. Boom. That's good. So that it, honestly working here was just very, I had to be very mindful of that. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good perspective. I think it's be encouraging to our listeners. That's great. Uh, Nikki, you didn't mention it, but one of the things that you do and do well is, is counsel, biblical counseling mm-hmm. kind of officially, but also just walking through life with people along the way. And a lot of mm-hmm. teens, a lot of students, right. you know, and a lot of younger people. Now, how do you encourage them to stay close to God, especially in a culture that can be dismissive of things of God? Yeah. Actually, I talked with a teen last night about this, and they know what to do. You know, they know, oh, I need to go to church. I should read my Bible. But for me, encouraging them is just sharing with them. They, I think a lot, of, we all know we should eat fruits and vegetables, but, you know, <laughs> hello, I still end up at Andy's way more times than I need to. But it's just sharing with them that, hey, the Bible is not this big book of rules. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. It There are guidelines for God that God has for us to live our life by, but I always say his perfection is our protection. Mm. He is perfect. Therefore, he wants great things for us. And it is those it's those guidelines that protects us. So just sharing with them about that, like you're not going to regret obedience. You will not regret yeah. obedience. Mm. So really just reminding them almost of the why. And I'll just share personally, I, I shared with a student last night just about following God and what that looks like in the world does tell you to do these things. And it doesn't matter, live your truth, all of these things. And I just shared with her just uh, personally for me, I walked, you know, many times I've walked outside of what I'm supposed to do, but I was 18 years old and pregnant. So I was single, a single mom. I had my son not having a husband by my side in that hospital room. Well, now I'm married, of course, but we don't have more children. So for me, I'll never experience being in, you know, giving, delivering a child and having my husband by my side. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is something that, and it's, and I told her, I said, this is, God didn't design us to do things outside of his will. He knew that would hurt my heart later. He knew the, the struggles that would come. So it's not him wanting to keep you from having fun. He knows that, you know, he loves you. He, he wants to protect your heart. So just being able to share those types of things, because I don't share, you should read your Bible. You should go yeah. to church. They yeah. know those Which things. Which we know. Yeah. yeah. It's just to say he, he loves you and he, it's, it's his love and his protection for you. He wants to protect you. So just really sharing those things that, um, and the culture is ever changing and you're going to strive. God does not, you know, it's about relying on him and not trying more. The culture is going to make you try harder. Yeah. Be yeah. different trends. And the, the thing about your story is that God loves you. And so has these, this plan for you. Mm-hmm. But if we walk outside of his plan and we all do, mm-hmm. he also loves you so much that he's still there yes, for of you. Course. And so in what you said, yeah, you, you won't have that experience of have, but you've got God with you still. Yes, absolutely. And until the end, absolutely. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it, right? Yes. So just the grace oh, yeah. of the Lord, that's a big thing. And that's, and that grace is felt most when you're close to God. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's when you feel separated from God that you think he couldn't, mm-hmm. he couldn't love me. Right. You know, so remaining close. Yeah. 
is so key because we can lose. I, I mean, we get in our own heads and I think about if not without remaining close and being secure in him, we can, as leaders can lead out of insecurity, mm, yeah. which is a terrible place to lead. Yeah. And, and that's the reason for us to be dependent on him. We don't want to lead out of insecurity, but our security in him. I was talking to one of our deacons recently and he was, he was saying, if I miss my daily quiet time, I, I sense it. And then if I miss two days in a row, I sense it even more. And then he said, by day three, it begins to affect how I'm operating. Mm-hmm. People will say, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Other they don't know that I'm not doing quiet time, but they, what's going on with you? Yes. Something's not right. Hmm. 100%. Boy, that's, that's leadership right there. Like, even if you're, say you're at a job somewhere else and you, your coworkers are not even believers, mm-hmm. if you begin to not be close to God, they're going to notice that in you. And we've, we've you know, spoiling, the, spoiler alerts, several episodes after this, they Several of the guests talk about just be a light in your workplace, and that's how you lead. I mean, being close to God yeah. is probably first and foremost in that. Yeah, this is foundational. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about Nikki, has there been a leader in your life who has kind of modeled uh, walking close with the Lord? Yes, and I just even thinking about that have to be grateful that I can say yes. Yeah, because there was a time in my life I wasn't around people I could say that, but I did serve with someone who led with love. And that was um, very impactful for me because I was at a pivotal point where I was really growing in my faith and to see her and to see honestly light in her eyes Mm. and to see her joy, to see her handle good news, handle hard news and give of herself sacrificially was just something that impacted me and still continues to impact me. So if for me, as especially a newer believer and just walking it out i i wanted to be like that and not like her i want i saw jesus in her it made me want to be more like jesus honestly Mm, so that was just powerful and she was kind and she was loving and and as a leader a lot of times we think that you have to be you know demanding and challenging and you have to be this person she was she was not and she led so well yeah um, that was just really impactful for me and that's the we talked leadership is influence. It is. And that was the influence that person had on your mm-hmm. on your life. Well, thank you so much for being here, Greg, for setting everything up. It's always good seeing you at New Vision. Yeah. I think you sit across yes. from us on the eight twenty service and I'm always oh, like yeah. seeing you over there. So, anyways, <laughs> good to see your smiling face. Thank you so much for encouraging us, our listeners, and y'all stay tuned tomorrow. We're gonna talk a little bit more about this kind of topic. The next thing that naturally follows is following. Right? So we're talking about being close to God and tomorrow we're gonna talk about Leaders are also followers. What are you following? That doesn't necessarily mean God. It could also mean the other things that we, for good or ill, follow in our lives. So y'all come back. We're going to be with Chad Davenport. He has some great perspective on that. And we'll see you on that episode. Y'all have a great day. Mm-hmm.